Hello and welcome to the Movie Moulin podcast. My name is Ben Yenny, uh, and with me today is Yvette Vargas, who I've known for a long time, partially through Clubhouse. I don't remember if that's actually how we met or whether we'd crossed paths before, but I know that's how we became friends. Sure, yeah, absolutely, and that's and that's and that's a great question. Um, I believe we we crossed paths before Clubhouse. Uh, ben, because we run in many of the same circles, but obviously mm-hmm. when we got to know each other much better was on Clubhouse. Yeah. Why don't we talk a little bit about who you are and what you do um, to get started? Uh, where did you, before Clubhouse, where did you gain the expertise to actually uh, be hosting rooms that were really insanely successful during the week of Clubhouse? <laughs> Thank you. Well, thank you for that. Uh, you know, so in, just in terms of uh, public speaking, I guess, is uh, is is specifically one of the skills that's necessary, I think, to, you know, to to, to host uh, any, you know, any kind of conversation. And, um, you know, I think I was just really fortunate to grow up in um, in a family that was extremely chatty. <laughs> so those are absolutely the foundation of communication or the importance of 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 communication and uh and in my you know and in my family you absolutely had to compete to get your uh get your story told um so so i learned you know i learned how to do that um but you know i've had a tremendous amount of experience speaking on panels and uh you know and also and also moderating and hosting events so it's experience for sure and then uh, and then i've also played Many leadership roles. Um, I was, uh, you know, in leadership at the WGA for about ten years as first uh, a vice chair and then um, a, a co-chair of the uh, uh, the Latinx Writers Committee, as well as other as as well as other committees. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I've played I've played leadership roles, and that I believe absolutely attributed to uh to my success in being able to host these conversations that we have in new hollywood uh and uh and basically you know just uh found the new hollywood movement as it's known currently very nice what um for those of our listeners who don't know what the new hollywood movement is uh what are you trying to do and why did you call it the new hollywood Excellent. Well, I'll, be, I'll begin first with why I called it New Hollywood. Um, you know, that's been a term. New Hollywood has been a term that I have personally been using for over over a decade. I very much have been involved in, uh, you know, in the diversity, inclusion, and equity uh, conversations and efforts again for over a decade. And the idea of a new Hollywood or what a new Hollywood looks look looks like, excuse me, is something that, again, I've 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 been uh, absolutely, just extremely involved in as an activist, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, and also with uh, you know someone who has uh, offered solutions, you know, po- possible solutions because all the efforts, you know, all the efforts help. So then when I when I got onto Clubhouse, which was in January of 2021, there was really there was really only one conversation that I that I wanted to truly have to utilize platform to have was the new Hollywood 
conversation and the New Hollywood movement conversation. And, and basically, so New Hollywood, it is a community of storytellers, executives, and entrepreneurs that are focused on unifying, organizing, and mobilizing the New Hollywood movement. We have joined forces to collaborate, ideate, and educate the current and next generations of storytellers and disrupt old Hollywood paradigms. Together, we will change the face of the industry and transform the world with our stories. New Hollywood is you, New Hollywood is us, New Hollywood is here, New Hollywood is now, is uh, is basically our our mission and uh, and everything that we're up to, and and uh, and 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 that's the foundation of the New Hollywood movement. You don't have much pushback from me on uh an in on a uh industry that needs to change more for the uh smaller voices of our creators i did start a distribution company called mutiny with uh with reason have you had much pushback uh from the greater industry um i mean from the greater industry yes I, you know so i'm you know for myself i am a writer a director mm -hmm. a producer a television development executive i mean those are those are the hats um that i primarily wear these days um in terms of a profession and 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 also employment and uh but i also you know i also have a background an extensive background in graphic design um, and uh, as well as as well as well as other other creative areas, um, because I, I grew up drawing, painting, and writing. I was always a visual storyteller. I was always a, a very very creative person. Um, and uh, and when I started working in Hollywood, and uh, and actually became extremely acquainted with the numbers, then um, the disparaging numbers when it when it does you know when it comes to diversity, um, equity, and inclusion is, uh, is when I actually realized, um, how bad the situation actually is, uh, you know, how actually, how, how, because the numbers don't lie. Right. And every single, every single year and, and sometimes even, um, biannually, you know, there, there are many reports that are published, you know, UCLA being, you know, being one that is well-respected, the WGA, they publish their, their own report, um, again, as well as other, as well as other entities. And although, you know, of course, you know, strides have, you know, have been made, um, it's, it's, it's incremental. It's just incremental progress mm -hmm. in terms of literally having voices with an opportunity, not only to be heard, but to have influence and ultimately having green light power. And um, so those numbers are quite small, you know, with, 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 uh, you know, anyone from, from an underrepresented group uh, really ultimately having that green light power. And this is, and that, that, and that's the greatest reason then as to why we just don't see more um, authentic, you know, just authentic characters period um, in, in narratives and, uh, you know, and certainly more stories told by people from under underrepresented groups because we just don't have that kind of um, again green light. Yeah, power. no, that makes so. Um, so the pushback, you know, the pushback. Sure. So you know, the pushback, whether it is a conscious, uh, conscious or not, um, you know, because there is unbiased. All right, there, there, there just are on. Are, are I mean, there, there are biases and unconscious biases that um you know there's nepotism people tend mm -hmm. to buy, hire their friends people tend to hire uh you know people that make them feel comfortable which 
you know, for the most part, uh, sadly, it's, it's, it's people that look like you mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah. And, and then therefore you just don't have this opportunity to expand your notion of what other people are and just different points, points of view, different walks of life, which is just critically important for the world. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the pushback, you know, the pushback just comes, it comes from, that's one of the, that's one of the biggest reasons. And then, uh, you know, and then also, you know, there, there's always this need, uh, this necessary aspect of the business and especially, especially in film, I mean, in television, but more mm-hmm. in film where, you know, as, and as you know, where, you know, it comes back to, it's like, okay, well, you know, what, what is the value of those particular actors? What, you know, what is the value of those particular filmmakers? And again, for, you know, those, you know, most of those that get a chance to have a bat at it and continue to, uh, you know, to create mm-hmm. content and, and, and grow their credits, most of that, you know, that list, <laughs> um, there aren't, that many people from underrepresented groups there. So therefore then to get the funding um, and really push a, pro- a, a project up the pipeline that is necessary, mm-hmm. it's it, it just becomes even harder, um, you know, because there aren't that many of us. Oh yeah. So, you know, I mean, and I can go on and on and on, but you know, but these are, these are some of the reasons as to why pushback occurs, Ben. That's very true. And I mean, we as producers or distributors, tend to rely pretty heavily on precedent and what has performed well in the past. But if there is something genuinely unprecedented, it can easily be missed. Uh, the biggest, most recent example I can think of would be uh, Black Panther. Um, just sure. in the fact that every Marvel studio executive, according to pretty widely available reports, were really surprised how well that particular ip translated and a lot of that just comes down to pretty much everybody who's who doesn't look like me is to some degree an underserved niche audience absolutely it's it shouldn't be that hard to put those together and i i do want to push back a tiny bit on the intent behind some of the nepotism sometimes it's just it's very relationship based business it has and sometimes it's just easier to get things done by calling somebody you know who will deliver for you and making sure you meet your deadlines it's not always exclusionary practices are not always the intent i'm not saying that they yeah are never the intent by any means but for sure yes and and i and i can understand that Ben, mm-hmm. um, at the end, you know, look, ultimately you have to deliver, right? Mm-hmm. And you want people on your team that you know um, can deliver. So, so I, of course, understand that. But at the same time, if you are in that driver's seat, I believe that you have a responsibility to open the door. So even if you're not opening the door, you know, certainly for an upper level type of position and, 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 and when you're building, you know, your team with those that can deliver, absolutely Again, I believe it's a responsibility to offer opportunities to those that that first of all they deserve the shot. They Mm -hmm. absolutely deserve the shot. And if you don't give them the shot, then you know then you're expecting someone else to. There's just a consciousness. You know, there's a there's there's Mm -hmm. a consciousness then that is necessary, and uh, and and that's why either the unconscious bias aspect of the conversation. Uh, sadly, 
um, is, uh, you know, is, 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 is people who don't even realize that they actually have the power to open the door. Yeah, no, I, uh, I completely agree. And I do think that there is enough of a demand for diverse content that there's kind of the opposite end of the coin here, which is um, because there's a demand for it, there are a lot of unscrupulous actors who will gobble up uh, diverse content and just use the old schlock gunning model which is throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. And with um, with certain elements of diverse content, it's very, very easy to get those placed on AVOD right now, which means a lot of distributors are just kind of acting like high price aggregators to a level and pushing films out there on the assumption that two in 10 will make money and the rest will lose, but the two that made money will be more than enough to make the distributor's bottom line happy. And I disagree. I mean, there's always going to be some degree of that in distribution. It's just the nature of the game. But I don't think that that justifies just dropping everything you can as quickly as you can, which is what the way a lot of distributors go. And it kind of is counterintuitive it kind of does a lot of damage to the diversification of hollywood because people will use those two in ten numbers to say oh well it didn't really perform that well so we're not taking on that sort of content anymore even yeah. though a lot of it is just that you didn't put the proper work into it absolutely so yeah most it's time, yeah that's that mo most of the time that's you know that's the well first of all look it has to be good yeah. you know it, cer it certainly has to be good enough that it builds a buzz uh, uh, you know, after, you know, after the initial weekend, right. Opening, opening weekend, um, you know, so that, so that then in those communities and the, you know, in, in circles and, and just buzz, you know, I mean, the, the, the power, mm -hmm. the power of that, but, uh, but there needs to be enough of an effort and enough funds and enough support initially behind everything to properly market it. Uh, so, you know, you can't blame the filmmakers for the lack of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think every filmmaker needs to be some degree of entrepreneur themselves, and they do need to cultivate an audience around them, primarily to serve as the early adopters, the people who will go first. Um, because if you don't have that first group, you'll never have the second, third, or fourth groups. It's just about that initial circle of influence that a distributor can build on. Um, and even the ethical distributors often can't build your audience from nothing unless they're a very targeted repeat niche distributor who only works with this audience. But it's my point there is more to say that I think the biggest path forward for this industry as a whole is Sorry. for filmmakers to really be more savvy of their own business concerns which is part of why i do this podcast and blogs and everything else there because it's not always easy to find how but um that's why i think 
new Hollywood and everything you're doing is also so uh, so valuable and why I wanted to invite you on here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I do agree in in terms of where every filmmaker also needs to be entrepreneurial and uh, and they need to be thinking about the business from the very beginning. And this is, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's the uh, the business. It isn't something generally that artists are taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't part of the same conversation as creation and pro- and 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 producing, uh, which is uh, part of a big part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was part of the education to begin with. Uh, you know, the end result um, or the end results, I think, would be vastly different, vastly different, because you would have various astute filmmakers understanding how to move forward. So, uh, you know, so that's certainly in terms of a broken system, that's, that's, that's a huge part of it, just from the education perspective. And, uh, and then, and then once a filmmaker, just a creative person is educated on the business side, they're just naturally going to make different kinds of decisions and also, uh, seek out, um, an, an expansion of the relationships that they actually do have in uh you know in in the business it just becomes savvier all all the way around so that's that's an area that 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 needs vast improvement then mm-hmm. and hopefully whoever listens to this uh you know will take will take that note that you know equally as you are a student of telling your stories um really developing your 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 craft that you also need to be a student of the business even uh, even i started out wanting to be a writer director and I just re-specialized as a producer and then further re-specialized as a producer's rep and exec as my career journey unfolded. Um, but there were like four producing classes I could take in the entirety of my undergrad film school. And that is nowhere near enough. <laughs> no. Um it's a uh funny i've actually spoken with several um with several friends who have kids who wanted to be producers um as they were going to college and most of them go to undergrad for business or pre-law and then they go to a master's film program because it's uh that backing is just not really taught in any major film schools there are a couple of of yes. like i think boston university has a pretty good program there but outside of that it's not a thing and that's frankly part of why we find why filmmakers find themselves in such an exploitable position i think correct yeah i i agree and quite frankly i think that that's an excellent path is mm-hmm. to learn law the law and you know entertainment law specifically Mm-hmm. And then uh and then after that study you know study the craft um you're just in the the best position needless to say that you could obviously draft your own contracts <laughs> and be in a, in a very strong position yes and to be in a very strong position to negotiate so uh you know you will not be fooled um so i i uh and i do and i do have friends actually there are many writers ben that were attorneys you know, that, that, that mm-hmm. were attorneys that then made the jump. It's a, it's actually, it's actually a quite common jump, um, from, uh, you know, from, from, from being a lawyer to, uh, to a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know as many attorneys, um, that go directly into 
directing, um, but there's certainly the path of an attorney then becoming a writer and then becoming a writer director. So I think that's more of the journey in terms of getting to directing. But but I I think it's you know it's critical. It it's it's really smart. And if you're thinking about getting into the business, absolutely study the law. Oh yeah. Um, it's also. I'm not a lawyer, much to my parents' chagrin, but I am, but I do have a decent understanding of the law that I use for, to guide my own choices, but I also talk to lawyers a lot, and most of those lawyers do a ton of drafting, so it makes sense to move to being a writer in some degree, and also some of the best producers I know have some backing in law, because the difference between a producer and a lawyer is sometimes a lot more thin than people would like to acknowledge. Of course, if your producer is not a lawyer, talk to a lawyer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Again, the point is also be a student of the business, whether it, you know, whether, whether it's law or you go and you work at an agency, although, Mm -hmm. You know, that can be a nightmare. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, you know, it's a nightmare, but you learn the business. You do learn the business, even if you spend a year there and, and a year there is like five years anywhere else, but you really will learn the business, which is imperative. And, and, and uh, again, my colleagues in the industry that did uh, uh, begin, you know, in the, in the agencies, in those mail rooms and, you know, and climb, climb their way up to just in an excellent position be, you know, because again, they really understand how the business works. Yeah. I mean, can you still, how would you even get an assistant job in this day and age? Do you know? I mean, is this something? Yeah. You well, you, yeah no, I mean, you know, you have to be extremely persistent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to reach out to, I mean, there are many, many, many different ways. I mean, obviously where you live is, 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 you know, is, is a factor, but if you live in any of the cities where there's a tremendous amount of production that occurs, like, you know, of course, Georgia and now New Jersey, which is a booming, uh, and, 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 and New York, of course, um, and, uh, you know, and there, and there are several other states, uh, you know, where, where, uh, that, you know, their, their production meccas, um, in the U S mm-hmm. or if you happen to be in, in Toronto and, um, you know, I mean, again, there, there are, there are these prominent cities and, and, uh, locations where production is, you know, viable businesses, then you basically have to do everything that you possibly can to, uh, to form relationships with anyone who, mm-hmm. you know, who is, you know, who is on set and uh, and then, of course, um, mine those relationships for any kind of assistant, any kind of assistant position that you can just get yourself on set, uh, which is, you know, absolutely critical for anyone that's breaking into the business. And, and those assistant jobs, although they're extremely competitive, but it's an excellent, excellent way in. So, you know, to, to be an assistant on set in any department, just get in there, you know, regardless of department, just get in there. Uh, you know, is is critical. And then also production companies, contact production companies, even, you know, even if you initially have to offer your services for free, you know, so it's like, you know, like a free, a free internship or even volunteer, it's a relationship business, get your foot in the door, prove your worth and make yourself invaluable. And that's really the key. That's how, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's one thing to get the job. It's another, it's another thing to keep the job mm-hmm. and you really need to make yourself invaluable use your superpower, 
bring a skill set that uh, utilize a skill set that no one else has or a skill set that's just that's just absolutely necessary and do it at an extremely high level to to make yourself invaluable and uh you know and therefore that's how that's how you will climb up the ladder but mm-hmm. uh but it's really however you can put yourself in those situations ben is what is what is necessary yeah no i i completely agree one thing that i would also say if you're not in a position to be able to take a uh, full-time volunteer gig which that's totally understandable we all have bills um one thing you could consider trying especially if you're based in la or berlin or lucky you con um the every time those film markets come up there's going to be a lot of sales agents in from out of town who could really use somebody to stand at the front of their booth and manage their schedule and their check-in and make sure everybody has water. It doesn't sound like it's glamorous work and it's not, but you're going to learn more in that week than you do in at least one year of film school, because you're actually going to see what these talks look like as Absolutely. part of doing that job. Yeah, I agree. And also all of the people that you will meet, mm-hmm. uh, know is uh you know is invaluable so i i i absolutely agree i think that's a an excellent idea so, yeah, and 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 to be extended with you know festivals festivals mm-hmm. various uh various markets and uh, and just even industry focused events they can they can always use volunteers so mm-hmm. just put yourself in those positions um so yeah no excellent excellent advice and um you know and then of course then there is the the uh, other side when you actually you know when you have produced content right when when you've when you've written a, a script or you know you've produced a short or a proof of concept which I currently have um, such as conf- confessions um, Ben which you're a, a little bit familiar with then then of course your job is for people to see it right to get people to see it however you know however you can uh, you know and of course. There is the distribution aspect of that, but the, but then there's also going back to the entrepreneur uh, aspect of the conversation that we had. There are many ways. Uh, there are many. There are just many options that you can take to literally put yourself in a position to get yourself seen and also your content seen, which is critically important. Um, you know, such as uh, you know one of the things that 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 I've done with confessions, which is a proof of concept literally for a universe that mm-hmm. I that I create. I'm very much a world builder uh Ben which I know that you're familiar with um and I've been uh I've been I uh, mean you know, I have a whole history of that I've been hired time and time again by studios and production companies and various entities um to uh, to develop to develop material and develop worlds and uh and 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 universes um and of course franchises so confessions very much is uh, a, a universal world and uh you know and a franchise and uh, so I, I i produced i wrote directed and produced a proof of concept short a 21 minute short that establishes this world and the and you know and 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 the story and it's a piece of content that i have been able to leverage now to get to the next level so um so that's definitely something else that I recommend. It's a very entrepreneurial choice to create a proof of concept, um, knowing your end game, where you, where you want to end up, and then how you can leverage this proof of concept that you've produced to help you get, get you there. So with Confessions, you know, specifically, some of my objectives are um, a, a television series, um, you know, a, a traditional, well, 
I'm only saying traditional because I'm going to be selling it to old Hollywood, you know, certainly pitching it to old Hollywood after the writer's strike. I've partnered uh, with the very established, well-established uh, writer, creator, executive producer, showrunner. And uh, so we're, we've been preparing to take it to old Hollywood, uh, you know, after the writer's strike. Um, but, but in terms of leveraging what I've produced, Ben, uh, where that will be part of the negotiation is to leverage the fact that I've already established this intellectual property, have built up a community slash audience slash fan base, which again, you know, you mentioned earlier, which is critically important. And, uh, and also, you know, of course, share the success metrics of, uh, you know, of, of, of all of that, which puts the creator in a, a, a bit of a different driver's seat, certainly having a bit of a different conversation than just anyone, you know, like the average person who is uh, pitching, you know, a, a television series. They also, you know, most of the time have not established the intellectual property. So, uh, so ultimately a television series, you know, definitely is uh, one of my end games um, and, uh, and, and also building out this, building out this universe. So, I, you know, I have um, film financiers that are also interested in uh the the feature film um so i have been taking those kinds of those kinds of meetings and exploring all of that um because that may be the best next step right uh as opposed mm -hmm. to pursuing the television series so that's uh, something also that's that's ongoing and then in addition to that uh last year i closed a deal with a company in spain called cyrilify uh it's the word serial and ify so cyrilify com you can check them out um and we're producing six interactive animated episodes of confessions which will be distributed on their platform which is an app uh and uh that is uh will be premiering in november and i'm so extremely thrilled about it and uh so and that has many revenue models built into you know various revenue models built into that which again storytellers uh, creators, they need to be thinking about the various revenue streams that are available to them with with uh, the content and the IP that mm -hmm. they that they are creating. Um, so uh, my end game, my 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 big vision is to create this universe, to create this this uh, this Confessions franchise, and I'm currently uh, you know taking all of the steps to make that happen. I haven't heard of too many, I guess the old term for it would have been uh, transmedia um, universes. Yeah, that's, that's the older term. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the old term. It really is a universe. It's a, I mean, it is a multi-platform franchise mm -hmm. for sure, um, but it's world building. It is a universe and, uh, and the story will be told across different mediums and platforms. And I have been establishing that. I've always found that proof of concepts are kind of a mixed bag. Um, in terms of how much utility they actually gain you. Have you actually been getting uh, traction out of your proof of concept? Absolutely, yes. I mean, because first of all, my proof of concept is a short that has a beginning, middle, and end. So it's a satisfying story, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on its own as a standalone story, as opposed to just a scene, right? A proof of concept can be mm -hmm. anything. Um, but yeah, so it tells a full and complete story. And therefore, uh, you know, it's been it's been doing very well in film festivals. We just mm -hmm. got into our eighth uh, film festival, actually, 
and we've we've won five awards, you know, thus thus far. So it's actually been doing quite well uh, at at film festivals. But ultimately, what it has allowed me to do is, uh, it allows me to have a shorthand, Ben, when I when mm-hmm. I have a conversation with someone after they have seen it. Mm-hmm. Where now I can tell them about the universe. It is like a fantastic jumping off point for that. And then there have been also monetization. I've been able to, um, you know, to, to monetize on this proof of concept with, you know, various different platforms that I've been in, involved with and different efforts that I've been involved with. I've been able to utilize it also to raise funds. Um, so it has been extremely beneficial. And then uh, because I've shot mm-hmm. uh, the concept, I've been able to also produce a very compelling trailer that, you know, in in, in, a, in a minute, uh, I, and I can send that out and I, and I have sent it out. Mm-hmm. It's just very effective. People see that the, the, the trailer, they're compelled by it. It has gotten me meetings and, mm-hmm. and so much more. So, uh, so it's been, it's been extremely beneficial. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely need to be able to show something in this industry. It's um, I have been able to get shockingly high level meetings based solely on a splash trailer. Yes. Um, and it's a, in one film that I'm working on a lot right now, um, Tim Travers and the Time Traveler's Paradox started out of a short that the director just did to try to build his skills for another thing we're working on. Um, and then this industry has a lot of very strange stories in it, which I can't publicly tell due to pending <laughs> litigation. But sure. it is a... Uh, it's gonna be a really interesting story when we can but tim travers in and of itself i don't think we were ever planning on making that into the movie that we made it was a short and that was going to be it but it also having that ip that we could quickly develop into a script made all the difference in the world and now it's going to make it so that we can actually make the other one we were trying to make because right. it was much because now this guy it's Timson's need. He's gonna be on another one of these podcasts. I don't know what the release order will be. But he's now he's a tested director and we're getting a ton of interest based on that. So it's yeah. it's it, when you're getting started, it's probably the hardest time in your career. Um you're gonna have struggles throughout your career. You're going to need to constantly grow. But once you have a little bit of a track record, it's less that you're trying to barge down the door and more that you're trying to renovate the house that you're in, um, for lack of a better term. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I, I would agree with that. And and then, of course, you know, you're able to leverage the relationships that you have um you know it's 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 a it's a it's a given it's a give and take you know kind of business and uh and i'm always of the firm a huge believer that um you know with every relation relationship always come to it with how can i how can i support you how can i give to you and then i mean all of that comes back tenfold um and also with that kind of mindset uh and uh and just approach and intention that it 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 establishes it's the the just a very firm foundation actually for a real human connection and growing relationships that are meaningful um and uh so as you continue to you know to do that because it is 
such a relationship heavy type of industry that then, you know, you can rely on those relationships, um, you know, during the good times and, 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 the, and the lower, the lower points. Um, so that's always something else that's critically important. Be, a, be, be a good human and be in service, you know, always be in service because that really does, really does come back. Um, and, and, and it helps you have longevity in this business. And, um, and in terms of, you know, I, I think you just, I think you need to just be extremely clear in terms of what it is and, and create a plan for yourself, a strategy for yourself that you can, uh, enact, uh, you know, take, take, uh, take efforts in, um, every single day to actually get there. So I, I think you just need to be really focused Ben. also. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even though, I mean, you know, when, when you are beginning your career, uh, you know, I mean, many people, sure, they, they, they may begin their careers by wanting to, to, to pursue acting, but then they realize, you know what, I actually, I actually don't have what it takes, or it's just, you know, it's, it's, the time, you know, it's, it's just not my time, you know, for that, but then they discover other things, right. They can discover writing. They can, I mean, they can just discover other things that their talent actually may be better suited for. And that happens quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I just think, you know, I think you need to be open, although, you know, you think that you're, that actually your calling may be in one area, but you actually discover that it was something else. And I just think you have to be open. Yeah. I mean, I think you're totally right. And this is a, uh, the reason that I still do podcasts like this and blogs and all of that is a concerted effort to continue to give back, um, and try to send the ladder back down for lack of a better term again, but the, um, and I have a feeling that's at least part of why you do new Hollywood as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, New New Hollywood is a tremendous uh, opportunity for me to, you know, to, to give back, first of all, just to give period Mm -hmm. and certainly to, to, to give back uh, and, and to share the information and resources, right? Because in the entertainment industry for such a long time, you know, you know, the gate, the gatekeeping is real, (laughs) the the gatekeeping (laughs) is real and the hoarding of information is also extremely real. So to demystify and de and and democ um just various aspects of the industry is absolutely necessary. And that's how we that's how we will build a new Hollywood. We need to be sharing the information and resources so that everyone can thrive and therefore uh everyone can lift each other up simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And that's the power, you know, and that and that is the power moving forward together as opposed to individuals okay are you still affiliated with the wga yes absolutely i'm i'm a member yeah and i've been on the picketing lines um and uh yeah i absolutely am affiliated uh can i ask you your opinion on the strike or is that not something you're allowed to talk about sure uh yeah no i i absolutely and i you know i talk about it uh i talk about it as often as i can um you know, I think I, first of all, I'm, I'm just thrilled that, uh, SAG has also now joined the picket lines. I mean, of course they've been picketing along with us, but now in terms of their union as well, um, you know, this, this was the X factor, whether Mm -hmm. SAG was going to join us. I mean, of course we were also 
uh, hoping um, that the DGA would also join us in, in, in this particular fight, because at this moment, it's just such an inflection period mm -hmm. in, in, in the industry. And, uh, and we absolutely, we need to, we need to carve out our, our place and our space in it um, to have enduring careers period ben that's where that's oh, where it's entirely at. yeah yeah so so uh so this is the right fight if uh if covid did not occur um we would have we would have been on strike we would have had this strike three years ago mm -hmm. you know there's been going on for quite some time but it just you know during covid it clearly it just wasn't that wasn't the, the the time to do it so but but you know this this is the time and uh and we are absolutely going to we're, we're standing our ground um so when we do ultimately get back to the table with the AMPTP it's not to balk and sure of course you know we we will be there to seriously negotiate but we are not going to take a deal that not only does it not serve us today but will not serve us five to 10 years, years from now. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the digital royalties from the last major strike were the sticking point and they did not get resolved adequately. If I remember. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, no. And, and that's part of the, still the problem now, mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, um, you know, that was in 2007, 2008 was the last strike, which went for about 102 or 103 days. Mm -hmm. And and I actually became a member in 2008. Uh, well, during you know during the strike was when I became a member. And in terms of you know what was gained or or you know the formula that was calculated at the time, the digital space, we pretty much have been operating with that formula pretty much up until today. And mm -hmm. you know which is, which is part a huge part of the problem because even 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 though of course you know streaming is um the the medium right streaming mm -hmm. is the medium for you know for everything um that formula for the most part has not been adjusted and you know with some with some exception here and there and even and even when it has it still wasn't great it wasn't it wasn't adequate and of course lack of transparency has a lot to do with that oh, um yeah. you know ha has a lot to do with that and that's one of the things that we're fighting for now is transparency and that's um, good for everybody no matter what side you're on yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, so certainly that, that, you know, that, that is a sticking point, but, you know, uh, you know, and we do have new, a, a new formula, new formula that we've put in place. And, and then also Ben, let us not forget that now the streamers, all of the streamers also have the, you know, they, they are, uh, you know, also monetizing off of ad revenue, which is, you know, something that wasn't there mm -hmm. for quite some time where it was just subscriptions. Um, and then, you know, product integration, uh, you know, just various other forms, but, um, you know, occasional licensing, depending on, you know, whoever the, the network was, um, you know, I mean, certainly, you know, there was a viable um, a monetization model and still is, but, uh, mm -hmm. but in terms of, you know, but in, but in terms of now the ad revenue, which brings us back to the old television model mm -hmm. uh, that you know, all of this needs to be all of this, all of all, all these all of these aspects are extremely important um elements for the the recalculation of a formula that works for everyone you know for for first of all compensation and second and then secondly of course residuals yeah i mean 
I I don't think I mean it gets covered a lot in the trades still, but for those of you who don't follow the trades, I don't think it's really adequately expressed exactly how little transparency there is in terms of view numbers from any SVOD outlet. Um the most clear thing that I've seen on Netflix is just gross calculations based on their daily top tens, which is frankly somewhat meaningless, really, in ter- for Absolutely. most of the stuff on their platform. It's yeah, no, yeah, and even and even with that, and even and even with the top tens, um, you know, or the or the most the most popular, the most viewed, uh, you know, content on any on any uh you know svod um or you know streaming or streamer is that doesn't change the deals that were already in place it's not as if those creators are getting bonuses then so it doesn't matter and that you know again so now moving forward with negotiations all of that needs to be in in all of the the contracts all the new contracts moving forward it's like okay well look you know if if you reach this threshold then those creators, those, you know, those producers, those directors, they need to be compensated for that because all of that, you know, all of that profit and all, all of that notoriety, it goes to the streamer. Oh, entirely. And it's a, it feels kind of like video games in the nineties where they didn't even want to put credits in mm-hmm. on it. Um, it. It's not exactly the same, but it feels like it's definitely heading that direction. Mm-hmm. And even though I am a distributor, executive producer, all of this, most of the time, the people, I'm not big enough for anybody to pick it against, but I would be perceived as being on the other side. Sure. I'd be more likely to t- to join the pickets. It's a, if nothing else, then as a small independent distributor, not having any idea how many views your content got on a platform is kind of absurd. It's, I mean, I, I want to be clear here, at least those of us who were in the level that Mutiny was at and that part of the pay chain, we have we get a one-time license fee for the subscription video on demand license, and we get no information beyond that. Half the time, we don't even get told the uh, drop date. So we can't promote it, even though we're not getting anything out of it directly. It's so the the lack of communication is so vast that I think it's hard for people to understand exactly how necessary this strike is, if nothing else, than to get an idea of how much our content is watched. And well, that's how how much our content is watched and how much our content is worth. Yeah. Completely agree. It's a, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so one, one of the things that I, one of the things that I, that I tell creators all the time is never underestimate, uh, never underestimate the value of your own IP. Completely. I mean, like part of what I do as a producer is to actually, um, do at least a couple of the negotiation rounds for option agreements um normally more around ip than around scripts but i can tell you most content creators don't always accurately value their ip 
from having been on the other side of that? I would say probably in probably 99%. (laughs) I'd say that's about right. Um, And that does cut a bit in both directions, but it does probably cut more towards undervaluation, undervaluation, especially uh, when you're dealing with a digital um, age creators more than anything um well of that um i ask the same three questions to all of my guests um in order to close out and the first question sometimes takes a second to think about so you can answer it second if you like um and that first question is what are your top three favorite movies as it stands right this second now they can change in 10 minutes they can be an entirely different three but as of this second what are they yeah and of course it's it's such a difficult such a difficult question but as of right now the godfather you know although it's cliche but it's it's still i mean it's 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 spectacular so you know the 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 Godfather you know certainly I would put the 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 God the first two Godfathers just in that in that one mm-hmm. spot uh, our mas- our masterpieces uh, it's a wonderful life I absolutely adore it's just an absolutely a uh, beautiful 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 story the meaning mm-hmm. the meaning behind that um, and uh, wow the, I mean I can't even th- think of a third just because there are so many films that I adore and I'm extremely passionate about. Um, but one of them that just came, you know, came to mind is uh, Birdman, which I also just love uh, and adore. Uh, you know, actually, there's another film that just came to mind. Um, I'm going to mention it just because I have to, uh, Cinema Paradiso, which mm. which is just incredible. Again, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story told. I'll stop, you know, I'll stop, I'll stop <laughs> there. There are so, so many incredible films, but um, those are, those are some of my favorites. Yeah, they're, those are all good picks. Um, I met Francis Ford Coppola twice in San Francisco, and I represented one of his nephew's films. Um, Excellent. Yeah, they're they're very interesting. Um, I'll save that story for another podcast. But I did tell. But part of the reason I went to film school and wanted to make films at all was Apocalypse Now. It was a big yeah. thing. And I did mention that to Francis, to which he said, I'm sorry, filmmakers are not well treated in this industry. <laughs> this is but, true. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean, that's another one of my favorites as well. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's magnificent. It's a good movie. It's yeah. Rough, but it's good. I mean, like yeah. it's a rough watch. It's very well polished. Just exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean the opening, just the opening alone. It's just incredible. Um so then the second question is if you could give yourself go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice uh what it would it be and when would you give it uh well i mean we kind of we talked about it earlier mm-hmm. get offset however you can find a way to get that assistant job even if you have to volunteer critically critically important um and uh and also 
uh, you know, be in service, as we mentioned er earlier, uh, always when you meet someone, um, well, I mean, what I would say is communicate, be, be very clear in communicating your bio and keep it, you know, short and, and, and your, so your bio, you know, it needs to include what is most unique about yourself uh, and by the way, and, and and what is most unique and compelling about yourself? And and that includes the bad stuff mm -hmm. that has happened um, that has informed your voice and uh, and again, makes you memorable. You know, so you're mm -hmm. so so the story that you tell about yourself to somebody else, it needs to be memorable. And uh, and 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 with that story, you also need to communicate what your intention is, what you know, what 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 are your aspirations so mm -hmm. that that so that that actually forms an opportunity for someone else to be aware of how they can help you. And uh, so that's critical. Knowing how to pitch yourself, tell your own story, that it's, 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 it's not only is it necessary, but this is critical to your success. I truly believe that, Ben. Um, so, uh, so those would be my top three. Get on set or, or, you know, get in that room however you can. Be in service, you know, to, you know, to others, be a good human, certainly be in service. Don't, you know, don't expect, uh, you know, just for people to help you um, just for the sake of helping you, like just be in service to others. And they naturally will then, you know, want to help you and, uh, and then be able to, to tell your own story in a way that is really compelling, but also very concise just in a few moments mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and include your intention, your aspirations, your, your, what, what it is that you are on your way towards. That sounds great. Um, and then the final question, possibly the hardest one of the whole time, um, which would be, what are you looking for and where can people find you? Okay, great. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, I mean, where people can find me, you know, of course, on uh, on on most of my socials, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, um, it's at the Yvette Vargas. So I'm actually pretty easy to find, but at the Yvette, Yvette Vargas is uh is really my my main handle across many uh you know across many platforms. Um, you can also of course find me um on Clubhouse every single Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern for our new Hollywood show, and you should absolutely tune in and join us and become part of. Uh, our, you know, our new Hollywood community, uh, which is incredible. It's uh, we're almost 33,000 strong, uh, 33,000 members strong, Ben. So it's an incredible movement. So you want to become part of the new Hollywood movement. And that's also where you can find me. And then on LinkedIn, you know, absolutely on LinkedIn, Yvette Vargas, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll find me there. So those are, those are some of the main places to find me. And then in terms of what I need, um, um, you know, for myself, I'm, I'm, I'm currently, I'm currently raising funds, Ben, for a content fund. Um, I, uh, I want to create a, yes, a content fund. Um, I basically want to create my own studio with this content fund and, you know, be really be very, I have an expansive slate, um, and uh, and I'm very intentional about again building these universes, building these franchises. That mm -hmm. uh, which is what all the studios do. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's what I mean. And Disney, Disney, it's, it's definitely um, they have done it the best. Uh, I would say just because they have so many franchises. But um, but building, you know, but building these, but the uh, but also where these, you know, all of these intellectual properties. They represent the world. It's multicultural, Ben. Mm -hmm. So these are, you know, 
franchises that tell absolutely compelling stories, these universes, and also represent the world. So that's that's what I'm up to then, and that's what I could use support with. Cool. Well, um, you and I should have a non-public chat about that, um, as I'm working on a few things that might dovetail nicely. But um, thank you again for coming. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're very busy. So yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having yeah. me. Um, and thank everybody for tuning in. This has been the Movie Moolah podcast. I am Ben Yenny. If you want to support this, like, comment, subscribe. Um, comment question: What made you want to get into film? And uh, also check out my resource pack, which includes free uh investment deck templates free ebooks free white papers and a lot of other stuff um including a free monthly blog or monthly content digest that will include content just like this to help you stay up on what you need to know to grow your filmmaking career thank you again and see you next week